0: Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. You're listening to the Bellarmine Forum Podcast. I am your show host, John B. Manos, the president of the Bellarmine Forum. Let's start with a prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Well, Our Lady asked us to pray a rosary for bishops and priests and, and I am going to give you something hopeful out of the USCCB meeting. You know, they had their virtual conference earlier this week, three days online. And uh, apart from uh, what I find to be human elements of the conference, because it's funny, people forgetting to unmute themselves or uh, things that sounded like alien invasions the first day because apparently somebody forgot to put the registration key in for a piece of software and so it would occasionally send out this "rollo Mi Arena six. sounded like aliens uh, interfering with the uh, with the uh, meeting itself. And the first day was chock full of people talking and no noise coming out. And Archbishop Gomez, uh, who had a Secret Service uh, earpiece, and apparently being prompted to remind them to, to uh, unmute themselves. But apart from all that, there was just definitely there was a moment. Just we need to love. But we'll get to that in a, in a second. I, I, I had an insight on our uh, trip through uh, modernism and why modernists, you know, Father Harden reminds us that uh, the modernist doesn't see the resurrection as a historical event. I think that uh, you, me, and uh, everybody else listening, we do. We may struggle with the concept. It seems like a long time ago. But as sure as you woke up today and you could walk outside and see your yard and the people around you and stuff like that, the apostles, we have their testimony. Now, at that time, people believed if they spoke lies or if they spoke ill, you could be stoned, you'd be punished. There was there was still... every Today, it almost seems like I heard it on a secular radio show the other day. The host was complaining, he said, it it seems recently now that everybody lies. Of course, they're making their own reality. Well, back then they didn't. It was no different than, you know, we have the uh, threat of perjury for perjuring yourself or lying to a court or uh, under an affidavit or the power of the court to put you under the threat of penance unless you speak the truth. Uh, punishment, excuse me, the threat of punishment. It's called perjury, it's a crime. Well, you know, I guess in the last couple of decades, ever since we had this long discussion from a president of the United States, uh, it depends on what the meaning of is is, as to whether or not he was lying, people have taken that license to themselves. Everybody's a lawyer now. Everybody's changing their words. Everybody's uh, redefining everything. That's been one of the problems even with the the bishops, but I think that you'll see in a minute. I want to take a moment and just kind of bring this point up against modernists. Modernists don't see the resurrection as real. They can't see. That's what we talked about a couple episodes ago. They don't understand the real presence in the Blessed Sacrament. They also, if they believe that God is a movement of the heart and He's inside, then he's not real. It's just some uh, faint feelings and yeah, you know, gets you validate that by how sincere you are about those feelings. We talked about all of that. but it, there's just this little, I don't like the ABC reading cycle. I just like the same readings every year. Maybe I'm too dependent on the patterns of the year and how things happen. But A, B, C, it's too far apart for that friendly kind of cycle of the year that gives you a foundation to build upon. Um, it's too broken up. But I, I thought this was neat on the I guess we're the B cycle this year the C cycle. I don't know can't even keep that straight, but first reading today was from Job. And it caught my ear because this wasn't in the reading. But I, I love the end of Job and uh, got a homily from Father Milady today and Good Dominican, excellent homily. And he brought up that St. Thomas brings up that Job is in the Bible and inspired because it, it, it helps us to understand suffering and why and a divine providence and that you know, these things from God's angle were reasonable against the end. Now, one of the things I love towards the end of Job, Job's finally had enough. And God says, Gird your loins up and ask some questions. One of the questions he asked Job is Can you send forth the lightning and the winds? And will they go forth and come back to you and say, Here we are? Now, the point is in God's questions is that he's God, he's real. He's a person. Let's see, it ties right into our modernist stuff. Caught, I caught this, this. This all caught my. But then, in my office at work, I've got a painting of the apostles at the stormy sea and our Lord sleeping on the boat. And that was the today's gospel, and you know the story. It's not just that our Lord was sleeping; he's sleeping on a cushion. I mean, come on. He's just you know. And then the I love, I love the drama of the apostles. Help us, Lord, we're perishing. Because the the sea kicked up, it was bad. And our Lord just you know, puts it all calm immediately. And he's like, What were you worried for? It's this next line. And then they discussed among themselves, who is this that the winds obeyed him? That's right. He wasn't. Our Lord wasn't an avatar of the new age. He wasn't an ascended master. He's God. He's not, uh, as Teilhard de Chardin would say, he's not uh, somebody who achieves the Omega Point. He's God. We're not. Yes, nature obeys God, its creator. Yeah. even using that pronoun for nature. I mean, uh, well, you shouldn't assume their gender. Yeah, it's nature's nature's nature. Well, our Lord naturally, of course the storms, but it's what the apostles were learning that that was God in front of them. They were learning that what looked like a guy, a guy that not only would take a nap on the boat, but would want to be comfortable and sleep on a cushion doing so, could command nature and nature would say, yes, sir. I can't do that. Can you do that? The modernist believes that they can. And, you know, the new ager believes if they raise their vibrations and use some codes and focus on intentionality, they can manifest. I I don't see the new age Wiccan occult is much different from the modernists who believe they can, with the power of their mind, create reality. Most of it just being a trick of brute force, gang style, uh, if you disagree with them, you're engaged in hate speech, etc. They're not changing. Our Lord spoke, the waves subsided, and the winds subsided, and the storm left. He didn't use a manifestation code. He didn't... I don't know if you know, that's the, that's the big thing now, are these numbers they put on TikTok videos. And if you use these, it's almost like a cheat code for a game. If you put the number in, you're supposed to be able to make money appear, change your life. They call it manifesting. And these codes, the numbers, don't even get lost in the language, but the idea is if you just repeat these numbers, you can make things happen. Now... That's not just superstition. That's not insane. That's just, that's just crazy. But what people would turn around with to us, and you've heard this before, they would make an objection to us. Well, you believe you can pray and make things happen. I'm just praying. No, the difference between their prayer and our prayer is that we're speaking with people. We're speaking with persons. They're not. We're speaking with God. We're speaking with the angels and the saints. They're people. And we're asking them to implore God to do things for us. God doesn't need a cheat code to manifest. He just speaks it and it happens. That's why we love him because he loves us and he can do these things and he wants to do those things for us. Now, I just had to take that little moment about our uh, tour of modernism. And I guess that's a theme for this year is comparing modern, the implications of modernist belief. Because I think that's really... Pius X, when he brought it up, is he said these people want to remain cloaked in the church. I think the real problem is they don't even realize they're modernists. They think what they perceive, this internalized reality, they, they use the same words. They can't get past the idea that reality is different than what they've internalized. Now, with all that said, I think you're going to be kind of impressed with this. There's a, uh, Father Hardin did a set, and it was called the Truth Crusade series. And these were a number of theological and catechetical uh, talks he gave, in part missions. And in Truth Crusades 2, which was recorded in 1993, somewhere near, why learn about divine grace? He talks about recovering grace. And of course, naturally, gets into the con- uh, converse- uh, con- the conversation. Uh, Ah, I'm already trying to start imitating him. He gets into the idea of confession. And he says, St. Vincent de Paul would train his missionaries to hand out copies of the formula of absolution. And then Father Hardin gives his own account through his travels, through the many confessions he would go to occasionally. He would encounter a priest and they wouldn't know they wouldn't use the formula of absolution. God, the Father of mercies through the ministry of the church, blah, blah blah blah. They wouldn't do it. And Father, in his own way, would say, "Father, please, give me absolution." And the priest would say "Well I have." And Father Hardin would say, "No, you haven't." And would hand them the formula, or teach them the formula. Apart from everything else, just do whatever you want, modernism world that we live in. Some things are formulaic. Confession is one of them. So I was amazed. One of the action items the bishops had is this so-called I-C-E-L gray book for the sacrament of, well, we're not allowed to call it confession anymore. It's a sacrament of reconciliation. Whatever else, I, I don't know anything else about it, but I really, really, really when they, you know, the thing has to get sent to Rome yet and all of those things. But when taking comments on the action item, Archbishop Gomez calls on Archbishop Sample, and I'm just gonna play this for you. I'm gonna pause in one part in the middle. But this is this is just gonna blow your mind. You're gonna love this.
1: Archbishop Sample. He's coming. Thank you, Archbishop Gomez. I, it's, it's not a comment on, on the uh, <clears throat> translation itself, but just maybe when this uh, is promulgated, um, presuming we get the recognizio of the Holy See, I think it would be a good time when the new rite of penance in the translation is released to, to remind confessors <laughs> to actually use the formula for absolution
0: Did you catch that in the middle where he just, (laughs) I think because he said, remind, he's being very polite. He's being very polite. Remind. And and, and I think he even laughed at using that word because he he knows with authority. And he's going to say something in a minute. I'm sorry, but I I just have to give my commentary on this because I was just like cheering. I'm like, yes.
1: Now listen to the more of this. Um, you know, there's been a slight change in the uh, formula for absolution, which is is fine. Of course, we're all gonna have to get used to that because we've all got the old one memorized. But I just find um, a lot of concern among penitents at times who come to me uh, and are unsure whether they have received a valid absolution because the priest uh, uh, messes around, if you will, with the formula. Of, Whoa,
0: whoa. Father Hardin was saying it. Here we've got Archbishop Sample bringing it up to the bishops and uh, Archbishop Sample himself. Priest messes around with the formula. There ain't no messing around with it. You know, it must be a problem that's happened for years. If St. Vincent de Paul was encouraging people to take the you know, print cards and bring cards for the faithful so they'd have the formula of absolution It's not the first time it's happened. I think the endemic that we're in now is the modernist belief that anything goes as long as you feel good about it, as long as you're sincere about it, as long as I don't believe I did anything wrong. You know, that double self-referential faith belief system that activates the internal reality you've created for yourself. You manifest it. As long as you give those code words out and everybody else gets it, well... enough of me talking Let's listen
1: to more of archbishop sample because this is awesome of absolution Uh, like all the sacraments uh the formula here is essential to the the validity of the sacrament and um i don't know why priests uh uh feel the freedom to play fast and loose with the formula for absolution but it it causes i quite honestly i've had the experience myself (laughs) going to confession and and uh being concerned about uh, the words that the, the confessor used. Um, and I, I say this as a really as a pastoral concern for our people whose consciences can be very bothered by this if they have to walk out of the confessional and, and doubt uh, whether it was a valid absolution formula. And I just don't think we should put that burden uh, on our people and, and and reassure them. So I would hope that when the new right is, is promulgated, perhaps the committee uh, can consider in any accompanying documentation that there be a reminder to confessors to to please use the 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 formula that's provided in in the rights of the church. Thank you.
0: Yes. Now Archbishop Sample hasn't apparently run across the things I've run across, like the bowl and you write your sins down on a piece of paper and you're told to put it in a bowl and they'll burn your sins. So I I just like it that. What he says is absolutely right. The penitent shouldn't have a doubt as to whether they received absolution. The formula should be the same. Why don't we just prune them up and put them, you know, in half these modern parishes anyway. You go in there and they've got like, you know, plants and all kinds of other stuff sitting around. And, you know, they give you the option to go sit face to face with the priest. Why anybody thought that was a good idea is about as stupid as anything. We should still have the old confessionals where you see people's feet and there's no way for there to be contact between the penitent and the confessor except through the screen. Makes sense, right? But in those confessionals, maybe just print it out so everybody could see it. No, Father, I'm looking right at the formula right here. I mean, if they can dictate all this other stuff, why can't they dictate that? But God bless Archbishop Sample. It needs to be said, it needs to be reminded, and that's what this is what bishops ought to be doing, right? Worried about whether the sacraments are appropriately administered to the faithful, worried about the faithful's reception of the sacraments. Seems to me like that's what bishops should be talking about at a bishop's meeting, right? Uh, maybe I got that wrong, but at least for me. I found it to be a very good sign and something that really didn't get picked up because all of this is kind of like hidden by the politics and the grimoire over the, you know, the statements on the blessed sacrament, which we talked about last week. It's like, you know, I don't get it. If they're not going to listen to St. Paul, not going to listen to the fathers of the church, they're not going to listen to, they're really not going to listen to USCCB, right? no. Okay, okay, fairness involved. If the statements are like the one made by Archbishop sample, if they're going to go and get into that and reiterate the things that have been handed to us, the magisterial teaching, do it clearly. No problem. Do it. Do it. It's much better use than some of the other things they publish. Do it. But I thought this was interesting too. Now right after that, I get this. I'm just gonna. I, you know, I mentioned the, the genders and the creation of reality and the language, tinkering with the language in order to make things different. Now, get this. I'm just gonna let it speak for itself. Uh, okay, let me try to get this queued up for you here. Might be a little bit off, but uh, this. Gomez, thanks uh, Archbishop Sample. He's going to ask for other comments. So here you go. Let's just let this speak for itself.
1: Thank you, Archbishop. Any other uh, comments? Bishop Soto.
0: Um, I, I know. Well, I want to thank the committee for the wonderful work on, on this. And I noticed that um, in the introduction there was um, – The 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 style was to refer to would have his and then you'd
1: have her in in parentheses, and I just was and then I was wanted to ask the question as to why perhaps uh, wasn't consideration
0: given to using uh, the plural in those cases like um, there and I I think in in current English um, that's that's been. often the the preference as opposed to using the the his, her uh, option. So I I just wanted to seek some clarification on that.
1: Okay. Uh, Archbishop Blair? Yes, well, uh, having had some experience in in this, I'm not sure I I quite understand because we don't uh, use the plural uh, there for uh, the singular his or her. And I...
0: <laughs> um, so they want us to call penitents they them. So no longer, I guess penitents will no longer have a gender. It's they them. And uh, it was a little bit. Uh, I think I was a little bit happy. It didn't look like that amendment's going to go anywhere. Good. And I like it how it had to be softened up in uh, current style in English. Mm, the vanities of the world. Yeah, we really should be keeping up with that, right? We should be worried about that, but that's the problem. We should be aware of people's minds and where they are with things. We should be aware of the trends of the day, but we shouldn't be bending to them. It's a, a penitent is either a he or a she, a him or a her. I like that. If, oh, you know, we should call them there perfect thing, no, 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 we're speaking of them in a the singular sense, and that's not even appropriate English, but Archbishop Sample's comment that is isn't that what a bishops supposed to be doing? I'll give you a little bit of a little bit of hope. I mean, it wasn't all that bad, right? when I mean, you read all this news and you know you know, you've got these uh, so-called Catholic uh congressmen saying. I dare them to prevent me from going to communion. And I'm kind of like, this is just blowing my mind. Did uh I don't know if this is the, the mounting of the modernist fight, but if there was going to be an event that would actually kind of get the bishops to kind of like, want to like uh, circle the wagons and, and work in concert, this might be it. I'm like, hmm. It's pretty crazy. I don't think they need a statement on confession, though. We've got everything. And I don't know if all this, uh, from what I mentioned, other than the effect it would have on the conference to understand and maybe want to provide um, moral support for each of the bishops. Bishop Ruskowitz used to say it all the time, I'd like to remind everybody... That I'm the bishop of my diocese, and this conference holds no jurisdiction over my uh, <laughs> for my diocese. Good for him. I mean, every bishop has that responsibility. He can't delegate it off into a concert into a uh, conference. But as far as being support among the bishops, the support for each bishop, a resource. That's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. I don't think. Far better use than uh, what I heard a month ago. That A month or two ago, there was somebody at the border that was looking at uh, Catholic Relief Services helping migrants come in, handing out envelopes with enough money in it for the migrants to go travel to other cities in the United States. Now, is that really the USCCB money? No, it's grant money that comes to them through the federal government. But they get a little skim off the top. As a matter of fact, when you look at their financials, it looks like uh, it's probably the lion's share of their revenue. Maybe, uh, I forget the exact breakdown. We should probably go look at that someday. Uh, Or come back to that concept of how much money goes through this stuff. Just like uh, how much of the CHD money goes into critical race theory such as what we saw tweeted by that office out of the Archdiocese of Chicago, which they did, and they were complaining about covert white supremacists in the church. That, that's definitely critical race theory. Now, which way do you want your bishop's conference to go? Discussions like the one you've heard here and admonition, such as the one from Archbishop Sample. Hey, we need to be telling these priests not to mess around with the formula of absolution and, you know, to distribute the sacraments the way they ought to be. Isn't that what you want your bishops doing? I told you, this, this is actually a good thing, right? I think it is. I don't know, maybe we should keep praying for our bishops. Maybe we, you know, maybe we got something coming after all. Maybe we got to turn this ship around a little bit far as the modernists go and now you wake them up from reality uh you know i know in the case of uh some that i've seen it takes a saint paul moment in other words reality has to hit them across the head and break break the uh hmm, what do you call it this mirage world of inner perceptions and intentionality and manifesting and whatever it is these people do you know, and uh, we can look at it that way. Is if it if it takes a St. Paul moment, then it takes a St. Paul moment to wake them up. You know, it's a people walking around in dreamland. <laughs> Wanting to call, uh, follow the uh, trends of uh, they them. I don't know. Maybe. Hey Ivan, did you tell me your pronouns yet? No. On, um, on, um. okay. That's a he he, in a. In his language. Well, what do you think? Bishops, good. Archbishop Sample did good, didn't he? Meanwhile, I'll, I'll call up, there's a couple other things that happened in the middle of this. I'll, I'll definitely be posting some of those as they come around. Um, one of my favorites is that uh, it's definitely clear to me that Cardinal Supic is probably the only person I know that actually read Amoris Letitia. Because he was definitely all over wanting to get different quotes and citations from it built into that document. And um, I think another interesting thing they talked about, which uh, years and years ago, over a decade ago, I wrote an uh, article on the Bellarmine Forum, what really killed the church in, uh, the Catholic Church in America. And it had to do with the cessation of ethnic cultural parishes. You know, St. Anthony of was Parish for the Italians, St. Stanislaus for the Poles, uh, St. Bridget's for the Irish, and allowing the ethnic traditions. I mean, think about it. The different beautiful ethnic traditions in the church create a framework that the individual then scaffolds their faith. Whether it's with the poles and you have to get the Easter basket prepared for Holy Saturday, take it to church to get it blessed and this becomes your first meal for Easter. Food that was blessed, food that was taken care of, food that was prepared for. Whether it's the Italians and the St. Joseph table, that's this constant reminder of St. Joseph's care for our Lord and his care for the church. Or the various Christmas Eve traditions that are beautiful across all these traditions. I happen to think that the ones that I know and grew up with are the most beautiful. But that scaffolding of life that's built on those traditions, the year in and the year out, just like the readings. When the readings were the same year in and year out, they create the scaffolding of life. They got rid of all that. And he said, it's all going to be the same. And the next thing you know, in came the hippies, Singing one bread, one body, and they just destroyed all of it. You know, and there's things from other, I mean, God bless the Germans, and if for nothing else, that they gave us the hymn, Holy God, right? It's universal. Things bubble up out of those ethnicities to the church, universal, and become tested. Can anybody tell me a hymn that's come out of non ethnic America, the Am Church? you got eagle's wings. Pfft. You've got, uh, uh, don't even get me started on Omer Westendorf. You know, everybody wants to go on to St. Louis Jesuits. They want to, you know, talk about David. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, Ivan, why didn't you? Ha! Huh. I nearly forgot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Give me this stuff. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Oh, I forgot about this. Speaking of American hymns, and the fact that you can't think of any that this country has produced And if you come up with that baloney Like the uh, Oh, what's that one that they uh, I am the bread of Lord, no No, 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 that is like the noise From the pits of hell Nothing, nothing Nothing Like uh, Holy God, we praise the... Everybody That is like the Perfect hymn we got that from the Germans. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others. I'm, you know, of course, being on the spot, I can't think of other good ones. But there, you can think of ones that came up from different ethnic traditions and became universal because of their beauty. I challenge you: find me one from the Am Church. Find me one that was written in America. There isn't, especially not since 1960. But, 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 do you remember that, oh, a while ago, GIA, music producer, and they just have the most inane baloney on their, uh, and it's, these are the people that write the Gather Hymn and all that crap, they got rid of David Haas when it was finally Now, these allegations of of misconduct against Haas have been going on for years, but they refused to drop his hymns, and they finally did. But it blew my mind. It just absolutely, absolutely blew my mind that this poor guy, now, like I said, this is probably in the grand scheme of things better for this poor guy, that this happened, but this this guy is uh, was a composer, and he was writing hymns that were picked up by GIA, and um, he when some of the Black Lives Matter stuff was going on, things like that. He he said arson's bad. GIA took offense to that. Because he didn't agree with the BLM protesting the social uh, bolshevism, and they dropped him. In my mind, that is just that's just terrible. I mean, the concept of academic freedom, the concept of what the guy said wasn't wrong. Arson's a crime. Arson is it's a moral sin. As a matter of fact, you would be endangering the lives of others. You can't jeopardize serious harm to another intentionally knowingly doing that you're, you're it's a mortal sin and then if you're doing it for fraud and do it, cheating another and stuff like that boy it's just one thing on top of another so the guy disagrees with the arson and they drop him they drop the guy's livelihood can't get over that and you got haas who you know writes a name gnostic crap for years And then they have to like shove his hymns down people's throats. He's got all these allegations against him, and they just ignore it for years. I don't know. I think you know it's time for a shakeup for some of this stuff. But any rate, I'll put a link to that perhaps in the uh, uh, perhaps in the show notes. Archbishop Sample, God bless him. There's there's several other good things that happen, but I'd say if there's just one. Bright star, out of that USCCB virtual conference. Oh, I brought up all the ethnic stuff because, despite getting rid of all the ethnicities in the U.S., now the bishops are going to make a bilingual or bicultural institute. You know, and somebody said, "Well, maybe they learned from their past mistakes." I don't know. In my mind, maybe it should be like a a a, a octocultural bring back the Polish parish, bring back the Irish parish, bring back the German parish, bring back the Italian parish. We know that's not possible today because all those kids who should be in those pews weren't catechized, got the wrong form of absolution. We're told it's okay. Tell God you're sorry anywhere. You don't have to be in a sacrament for that. They weren't told about things that were wrong. Never mind the silence on Humanae Vitae that resulted in there being far fewer children. Maybe that that destruction can't be unwound. But it should be acknowledged. Right? There's another thing that happened at the bishop's meeting. I want to treat it very precisely and accurately. It'll be coming this week. It amazed me. And it has to do with something I said last week in one of the other uh one of the other uh recent podcasts where I said that maybe the statement the bishop should be making on confession is, hey, about that communion and hand thing, we we were sorry. That was a fraudulent vote. It never should have happened the way it did. And uh, we need to undo it. It's kind of funny because Providence had something to play in that. Providence, literally. There was an event that happened at the bishop's meeting, and I thought, huh, look at that." I don't know if it be interpreted that way. I'm going to lay it out for you to consider, though. To look for that this week, and uh, mm-hmm. what do you think? I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind of the Archbishop's Sample gave me a little bit of hope there. I I, I don't know if he, you know. I've been surprised by traffic we've seen on articles and even a couple of podcast uh, episodes in the past we see from even out of the Vatican City. Maybe Archbishop Sample will, will hear that and hear me praising him because that little, that little chuckle he gave in the middle of that one thing told me everything I needed to know to, besides the fact that he just brought it up, which was beautiful. Because he's right. There shouldn't be any leeway and maybe, maybe Father Harden, and maybe you know, if somebody knows Archbishop Sample, suggest this to him. That was Vincent de Paul. Father Harden said it was Saint Vincent de Paul that had the lay people when he would go on his missions. His priest would bring cards with the formula of absolution on it, so that the lay people could actually hold the priest's feet to the fire. Maybe that's what uh, Archbishop Sample should be suggesting, and maybe we should be doing that. Well, let's pray for the bishops the way our Blessed Mother asked us to do. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Well, there it is. Ivan, do you have anything else? Yeah, thanks for the GIA thing. Oh yeah, you could have reminded me before we started recording. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. Well. well, at least we got it, right? Look for the other stuff this week. It's going to be good. Well, there you have it. You've done it. You've listened to another episode of the Bellarmine Forum podcast. Uh, today, I am your show host, John B. Manos, president of the Bellarmine Forum. Production of this episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily. If you would like to underwrite production of the podcast, contact the forum using the contact form on the website, bellarminform.org or call us. This podcast is a production of the Bellarmine Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith, without all the progressive modernist confusion. Just easy. Just use the formula of absolution. And yes, God is real. Storms obey him. Lightning issues forth from his command and returns to him and says, here I am, Lord. God's real. It's not a manifest code or any motion of the subconscious. Our producer sits at the right hand of his father and will come again in glory to judge living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellarmine Forum is a non-profit public charity and all donations are tax deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. The show is copyrighted by the Bellarmine Forum two thousand twenty two. 2021, <laughs> see there, I was started to do the Roman numerals, M-M-X-X-I. It's the greater glory of God and the honor of the Blessed Mother.